Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of the Pete on Software podcast. I'm recording this episode on Monday, May 19th, 2014. There are a lot of people right now who are up in the air about whether a college degree is actually worth what you pay for it. For some professions, they're a must. You can't be a doctor or a nurse without a degree. You can actually be a lawyer in five states without a degree, in Vermont, Washington, California, Virginia, and Wyoming. But under most circumstances, lawyers need degrees too. Reasons given to get a degree include making more money, increased opportunities, empowerment, marketability, access to resources, a sense of pride and accomplishment, etc. For the last few years, people have been complaining that they're graduating college and facing a life of unemployment and underemployment while having a mountain of debt. They bought the lie that just having a degree meant that all those things that I talked about earlier. They believe just having a degree confers some sense of entitlement on them. At the same time, a degree in art history or animal husbandry doesn't necessarily have six-figure jobs knocking on their door. And even the mid to low five-figure jobs aren't plentiful in every area of our nation. It seems like some people don't do any research before picking a career or choosing an expensive school. I don't know. People like James Altucher, whom I discussed back in episode 6, Choose Yourself, believe that hardly anyone should go to college. He believes that the cost now far outweighs the benefits. For various reasons, the cost of education has been strongly outpacing inflation for decades on end. At the same time, we the people have more access to free education through sites like Coursera, Udacity, Khan Academy, EDX, and so on that really level the playing field. But what about us, developers and other software-related professions? Do we need a degree? Should we go at least 40,000 in debt on the low side to get a degree? Does it really offer increased opportunities? Does it really offer increased knowledge? The short answer to this question is no, you don't need a degree. If you just wanna be a developer who works in the enterprise space, you absolutely don't need a degree. I began my career as living proof of that. When I started my career, I was completely self-taught Even as I went to college later in order to set an example for my kids, I didn't really learn anything useful for my career. Yes, I learned about some computer science-y things like sort algorithms and big O notation and B-trees and linked lists, but when do I need that? If I was working at Microsoft Research or writing SQL Server or refining the Google search algorithm, I'd probably use those things. And in architect roles, I've definitely had to define things in terms of big O notation and documentation or just to try to decide what might be the right course of action. However, Was that worth a formal education? I could have learned those things from many of the places that I talked about before. What about being well-rounded? Well, there is that. Due to degree requirements, I took classes like political science, psychology, women's studies, public speaking, chemistry, writing, and math. I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't learn anything from those courses. However, again, it was nothing that I couldn't have learned from taking equivalent courses from Coursera or its brethren. What about the social and networking aspect? I definitely believe that you can make some connections in college. However, I will say, I don't know when I don't know. And I don't know. I attended college as an adult who worked full-time, and I had a wife and two, and later three, kids. I didn't network at college, and I've never in my life attended a college party. The only thing I can point to is that there is the fact that the lack of interaction did not hurt my career to a debilitating degree. On top of that, we developers have user groups, conferences, meetups, etc., which to network let alone social networking like Twitter and, most importantly for us, social coding sites like GitHub. 
But surely, even if college is just one path, computer science graduates will come out of the program basically ready to work on day one, right? Eh, sorry. I have never in my life interviewed a college graduate who is ready to work on day one. The only exceptions are those who devoted their own time to their skills and often started before college. I even taught a semester of college to help out at a local college who had a professor need to miss a quarter to undergo cancer treatments. I taught two classes, one entry level and one was the, that was the final computer science course before graduation. I can tell you that the entry level students were coming in raw with only the expectation of lucrative jobs drawing them in, and my senior students were ill-prepared for the material. I'm not sure how they got to the point that they were at, but they lacked fundamentals to complete my course. We lost several along the way. I gave my all. I added lab hours. I made myself available over text, Twitter, Skype, etc. at all hours and encouraged interaction, but got none. Only one or two in each class even cared. The rest are going to have a very hard time getting entry-level jobs, adding to the statistics. I feel that college and higher ed in general has just turned into a money-making scheme. Not for the professors. I made less money teaching one class for a semester than I could have earned over one weekend of side work. I'm not blaming the teachers. I'm blaming the system. So what could you do instead? I've talked before about being a self-learner. If you're going into programming because you think it's a decent paying job, you'll probably wash out into something else before you can last 10 years. You aren't going to care enough about what it takes to stay current and work hard enough to be good and keep advancing in your career. I have to believe that this is what happened to all of the recruiters who tell me that they used to be developers. I feel like they're either lying or they were terrible or lazy developers. I know the average developer makes more than the average recruiter, so it couldn't have been an obvious career decision. Enough for that tangent. What should you do? First of all, let's consider the average length of a bachelor's degree, four years. What if you took four years and did nothing but learn how to program? What if you also added to that by doing a lot of reading in addition to taking Coursera courses on subjects to round you out? What if you actually learned coding by coding? What if you invested in a Pluralsight subscription instead of two textbooks? Everyone complains that jobs want experience when they come out of college they don't have any. Isn't that a sign of a broken system? I know there are internships. But not every college experience includes them. For instance, most adults going back on evenings and weekends can't have those. However, what if you had an entire GitHub account full of projects that you had worked on, paid or not? What if you'd given user groups and conference talks about a subject that you were self-taught about? You can literally have four years of experience when you, quote, finish. But I can tell you, you'll have a job long before that. Let's look at Iris Klassen, who is a personal trainer, and she taught herself how to code in a year. She then got a job is a conference speaker, a Pluralsight author, and now a Microsoft MVP. She wrote her own ticket. Is that lack of a CS degree holding her back? But let's face it, maybe you aren't a self-starter. Maybe you need to pay tens of thousands of dollars for people to tell you what to study and need to go into debt in order to finish assignments. I'm not going to judge people for their path, but I just don't see it. To me, a much better path would be to learn on your own, get a job, save up, and if you want to solidify your education formally after that, do it when you can pay for it. Or if you want to pursue higher positions that need a business degree or an MBA, James Altucher would still disagree with you, but do it from a position of strength, self-funded through a job, and not from a position of weakness, going into debt up to your eyeballs with no idea if you can even get a job when you're done. If you disagree, I'd love to hear about it. Comment on the posts that accompany this podcast, or write a blog rebuttal and let me know about it at Pete on Software on Twitter. My first pick of the week this week is a site called Accredible at Accredible.com. Going from my theme this week, Accredible offers all the tools you'll need to learn online. 
It helps you find online courses that match your interests, organize your coursework, meet course mates and embed your credentials into your LinkedIn profile, and paper resume. You can browse 1,941 free and 4,816 paid video courses from the nine best course providers on the internet. You can get notifications whenever there's a new course that matches your interests. A credible will email you when the courses you've added to your to-learn list are about to start. You can upload your notes and documents for safekeeping and see what your friends and classmates are learning and ask them for help when you're stuck. It's a great tool to take your education into your own hands. My second pick of the week this week is a blog post called The Economics of Writing. One of my life goals is to write a book. I know that people don't read anymore and that there isn't any money in books, etc. But remember when I told you that I taught a semester of college for peanuts because A, it helps someone out, and truthfully B, teaching college was another line item on my bucket list. That being said, it was interesting to read this article and get some truth behind self-publishing versus traditional publishing and a bit of a view on how those things work. Thanks for listening this week. I really appreciate it. Remember, you can provide any feedback to me on Twitter as at Pete on Software, on my blog, PeteOnSoftware.com, and I'd really appreciate any feedback wherever you found this podcast, whether that's on iTunes, Stitcher, Swell, or wherever. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.